Well, hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. How is everyone doing tonight? We're back. We're at ya for another edition of the Sea Report coming to you guys live on this uh, Tuesday evening. That's right. We're doing round two today of the Sea Report. Hope you guys are having a great afternoon, great evening, great night, wherever it is you might be. I guess it just depends on uh, what part of the continent what part of the country you land on, but we're doing it pretty good here at the Sea Report. Had a nice dinner, uh, resisted the urge to uh, take a nap, but uh, we can get to naps after the show today. We've got a great continuation from this afternoon. This afternoon, guys, if you guys were hanging out with us over there uh, for uh, the Sea uh, Report, we came to you guys about, well, it was about 2 p.m. Central Time. 2 p.m. Central Time. Good stuff going on. Good stuff going on. Uh, we actually, we actually did a makeup. We did a makeup for uh, last night's botched Judge Janine Shill Harpy Golem Piro <laughs> interview with President Trump. Oh man, good stuff. I'd say good stuff. Let's see if we're uh, broadcasting live on all channels like we should be. Oh, yes, indeed. It looks like we are. We guys are coming to you live on the foxhole.app, pill.net, clouthub, twitch, trovo, and dlive. So good evening to everyone out there in the interwebs and beyond. Good evening, of course, to the family and friends over at the foxhole.app and pill.net. Hope everyone's having a wonderful evening tonight. This is the C Report, and I am your host, Mr. C, as ever. And uh, we're coming to you live on this Tuesday, November 2nd, 2021, otherwise known as Election Day. Ladies and gentlemen, and boy, have we been following it, uh, or at least to some extent. Uh, I was out earlier today at the polls voting here in Texas. We had constitutional amendment elections here in Texas, which uh, it's not that important to some people. Not that important to some people, I gotta say. Probably about, I don't know, 15 signatures or less uh, over in my precinct. A couple of people draining in as I was present there with a family member casting our vote. Uh, I would say doing our civic duty, but I guess it's more of our patriotic duty. I guess it's more of my duty to ensure that... Uh, my freedoms remain, right? Uh, because that's how they kind of slip away, after all. Whenever we start forgetting about our uh, local elections, it's like everyone's worried about the federal. Everyone's worried about the big one, right? But man, we have some big, um, we actually have some big races going on today. Uh, from what I understand, uh, there's a lot of shenanigans going on in Virginia, but we already knew there were shenanigans going on in Virginia, guys, didn't we? Absolutely, we sure did. Makes no surprise to me that uh, there might be some shenanigans going on. So uh, I have absolutely no... Uh, no qualms. I mean, I'm not in a fit of consternation. I'm not going to get uh, uh, low on my horse, so to speak, because of what's going on over there. Uh, let, let me see what the last headline that I read going on in uh, Virginia was. Now, I, I know that there were some stories coming out of Virginia where you had poll workers who were uh, telling voters they could not vote 
if they did not have a mask. Now that, ladies and gentlemen, is totally unacceptable. Uh, but hopefully Virginians over there did not, uh, didn't fall for that, old, the oldest trick in the book, right? Since we started up with uh, this entire shamdemic thing that's been plaguing mankind for a year and a half now. Um, and uh, let's see, Fairfax County is delaying in reporting their vote count and won't have results until 8 p.m. Well, Fairfax County, guys, I think we actually have a story about Fairfax tonight uh, as we get into tonight's report. We're going to be doing a lot of election integrity stories tonight. We've had quite a bit to catch up on. Now, we're not going to catch all of them, guys, because like I said, there have been a lot to catch up on over here at the Sea Report, but we do have some pretty good stories to share with you guys. Uh, let me see here real quick. Let me pull up my notes and uh, see what I got ready for you guys today. I just want to make sure, I believe we're going to talk about Fairfax County tonight, actually. I think we got some Fairfax news in here that, uh, yeah, we certainly do. This is, a, this is another big one, guys. Now, it's like uh, everywhere we go, everywhere we turn... It seems that uh, we're having all of these election integrity issues popping up in every single state. And uh, maybe maybe this is just on par for the core. Maybe as we move through election after election after election since 2020, we're seeing all of the cracks, all of the breaks in this foundation of uh, election integrity illusion that the left the progressives, the Democrats, that they all seem to have cast on us. Their spell's broken, guys. That's what's important. The important thing is, when you got the independents reporting on this stuff, it's going to become the news. It will become the news, in fact. And it seems like that is much of the direction that we are heading in this day and age. Is it taking time? Yeah, it is. It's taking some time. Is it requiring a little bit of patience and elbow grease on our part? Oh, absolutely. Is it, uh, is it straining our vocal cords and, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> jarring our minds? Oh, absolutely. Is it leaving us a little bit jaded? Well, guys, if you ain't jaded yet, God bless you, okay? But uh, if you are jaded, you know, uh, prayers can go a long way in that regard. And, uh, well, we'll see it, guys. We'll see it. We'll see it happen, guys. Now, uh, we, we will have Fairfax in the news tonight, uh, pertaining nothing whatsoever to do with what's going on there right now. Uh, I'm surprised that uh, Virginia's not going to have an election day plus five on this one, right? Uh, I mean, after all, that seems to be the order of the day, but perhaps they can't get away with it as much as they would like to, and they did in the past. Uh, we're also going to talk about Michigan again tonight, guys. We love to talk about Michigan here because we love to report on Benson, Nacelle, and Wretched Gretchen Whitmer. That is the Weird Sisters 3. The um, treasonous and un-American elected officials over there in Michigan. Man, I tell you what, their spell is definitely wearing out. As we see, uh, even though, even in the face of their, what is this, this, this robust tyranny of election lies and fraud and deceit happening in Michigan, 
The people of Michigan have been quietly working behind the scenes to bring forward even more evidence of election fraud in 2020 and beyond. And uh, guys, I'm telling you what, prior to 2020, I, I might have thought that election fraud went one of two ways. I would have thought election fraud had to do with uh, machines flipping votes or it had to do with, uh, I don't know, media and uh, TV screens, you know, changing the numbers and the media running away with it. But here we stand at the dawn of 2022, right? And how many ways election fraud can occur is actually quite amazing. The detail that goes into a scam like this. Now, illegitimate Joe Biden said it himself. We've put together the biggest and most diverse team of election fraudsters. Uh, I mean, uh, election, uh, 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 you know the thing. <laughs> that is exactly. He had his Freudian flip. It might have been like a fart instead, but you know. He saved that he saved that gag, no pun intended, for the Pope, it seems. But anyways, guys, anyways, uh, it seems uh, it seems that uh, the the intricacy of the fraud that has taken a place in several states across America is much more than uh, flipping votes in a machine, much more than uh, numbers on a TV screen and uh, gaslighting, as it were. Yeah, not not Joe Biden's kind of gaslighting, guys. You don't want to take a match to that one, let me tell you what. But, uh, man, so, uh, you know, even in Michigan, for example, with all of the uh, fraud that was discovered uh, by one uh, Matthew DiPerno law team and uh, all of the uh, inspection, investigation, and auditing that happened up there, with everything that happened in Arizona, everything that's happened in Georgia... These are just the very apparent ones, right? The very apparent scenario situations, examples of the vast multitude of election fraud types that can occur. It appears Michigan has found brand new types of election fraud that occurred, guys. And we will most definitely be talking about that tonight. Uh, curious I am right now, what is going on with Virginia? Let's see what this article says before we get into it today. We are, of course, going to continue into our foray of uh, President Trump statements. Uh, we'll be a little light on the statements tonight. We're almost caught up, guys. We're almost caught up. I think we're pretty much caught up. We might be a day behind on President Trump statements, to be quite honest with you. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see about that. We will see about that, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see what this article says real quick. This is coming to you guys from Breitbart. And uh, this one says, Election Night Livewire, Virginia, New Jersey. That's right, guys, New Jersey. Those are the two big ones happening tonight. Governor races, battles across America set tone 10 months into Biden era. I don't know, guys. I don't think Biden's going to last long enough to have an era, <laughs> but uh, it is what it is, right? Uh, let's see here. What are we talking about here? Virginia's gubernatorial race has gotten very competitive in the final weeks. Yeah, we know that. I want some, just throw out the juice at me tonight, okay? I, I don't need to read all of this stuff. We've got plenty of that coming up in uh, the story today. 
Uh, let's see here. Congratulations are rolling in for Governor-elect Glenn Youngkin in Virginia. Okay. With House GOP Conference Chairwoman Representative Elise Stefanik. Wishing him well after his victory Tuesday night in Virginia, Stefanik issued his statement. And uh, let me go ahead and expand this for you guys so you can see I'm not making these words up. There we go. I think that's probably... Uh, no, this is pretty good. Oh, that's that's even better, guys. What about that? Check the magnification out on that, right? Uh, Stefanik says, uh, congratulations to Governor-elect Glenn Youngkin on his historic and electrifying victory tonight. Not only is this a win for the Commonwealth, but this is also a win for America. Hardworking Americans are fed up with failed far-left politicians who are destroying our economy with socialist tax and spend policies and infiltrating our classrooms with their radical agenda. Republicans, independents, and Democrats undeniably united behind Youngkin's message to support parents' rights and reject dangerous tax hikes. And this is the same winning message that will propel Republicans to win the House majority next November. Glenn Youngkin kicked off the 2022 red wave early. I kind of like the way that sounds. Uh, I mean, uh, we had a uh, red wave in 2020. I'm telling you, California flipped right upside down and turned red. It was probably red before that, but... uh, Glenn Youngkin kicked off the 2022 red wave early and Republicans are now more energized than ever to take back the House and fire lame duck speaker Nancy Pelosi once and for all. We had an update at uh, 8.31 p.m. Eastern time. That would be approximately 14 minutes ago. A huge night for Republicans nationwide as the GOP is now has now also flipped the mayor's office in Rochester, New Hampshire. Hey, go Rochester, New Hampshire. That's some good That's some good news right there, guys. Congratulations to Mayor-elect Paul Callahan on his resounding victory tonight with 66% of the vote. Oh, I kind of like the fact that this guy's got a law officer uniform on in his photo. <laughs> go Rochester, New Hampshire. Congratulations, Mayor Elect. That's exciting, guys. Yeah, we're not we're not here to uh, to advertise for Go Ogle. Unofficial total from Rochester has Republican Callahan winning big over Palana Hunt Hawkins, two thousand six hundred and seventy four to thirteen thirty nine. That's pretty good. Update eight twenty eight p.m. Eastern Time, approximately nine minutes ago. Dave Wasserman from the Cook Political Report calls it for Yunkin. I've seen enough Glenn Yunkin defeats Terry McAwful in the Virginia governor's race. Uh, I never trusted anyone with the last name Wasserman, but at least it's not hyphenated with the Schultz, right? <laughs> All right, update, 8.20 p.m. Eastern Time. Oh, did I say that right? Oh, look at my... Oh, no, no, my math ain't that bad. Okay, so this... <laughs> This one was 27 minutes ago. Update. Over 1,300 precincts. Yunkin continues on track. Now, they can stop the counting. Isn't that what we said was happening over in Fairfax? Fairfax is delaying their counting. Of course, that was at uh, 6.56 p.m. So uh, that's an outdated story. That one needs to, to get updated. See what's going on over there. Let me click on that anyways, just to see. You guys are like, what are you reading now, Mr. C? 
Uh, let's see. Democrats are pulling out uh, all the stops. Indeed, they are gateway pundit. That's that's who I'm referring to off screen right now. Uh, behind the scenes, I'm looking at a uh, gateway pundit article. You see, yeah, you know, you, you need the stuff that's right up to the minute, guys. Let's see here. Yeah, Fairfax County had a delay reporting that was at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, okay. So uh, we can call it 7.30 p.m. Eastern time if you want to. But uh, it appears that people are calling it for Yunkin. So that's great. Good job. Let's see. Sean Joe, good evening, Sean Joe, over at the... Uh, Foxhole.app says uh, Richard Barris, the people's pundit, called Virginia for Yunkin. So it seems like we have independent sources all around calling this race for Glenn Yunkin. Good job. Now we have to make sure that we vet this man beyond anything else. Uh, Danville, Southside, Virginia, McAuffle needed to win it by 10% per my benchmarks. McAuffle wins it only by 7%. Uh, Culpepper, Yunkin needed to win by 30%. He wins it by 34%. Yeah, so it looks like uh, this race is going to go to Yunkin. Loudoun County, McAuffle leads a uh, lead up to 55 to 44% with mail-in ballots now reporting. Okay. McAuffle needed to win it by uh, 14%. Ah, I don't know. Anyways, uh, the further back we go, the further back in time... This information travels, so uh, that's a uh, that's pretty heartening way to start out um, to start out uh, tonight's show. Looks like uh, we're gonna give this to uh, Glenn Youngkin. Uh, that is, of course, um, you know, barring that uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of mail-in ballots suddenly fall in overnight. I don't think they could pull that off twice, guys. Do you think they could pull that off twice? I think everybody and their mama would definitely be looking at that, guys. They would definitely be looking at that. Uh, Virginia governor raised 63% of the precincts. Reporting precincts. Percent precincts. <laughs> Say that three times fast. Youngkin, 55%. McAuffle, 443%. We got uh, reports coming in 65% from Curious Cat. Youngkin by 200,000. Democrat Murphy takes huge lead in New Jersey governor race over Chatterelli. 63 to 32%. Okay, guys, here we go. That's going to be one to look at. Uh, I call shenanigans, of course, on this one. Let's see what this, uh, this article had to say here. Oh, you're most welcome, Breitbart. Thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, let's see if we got any anything that just pops out at us, right? Like, I don't know, 8.47 p.m. Eastern Time. That's approximately whew, four minutes ago, guys. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. spokesman. Uh, let me go ahead and uh, soup that up for you guys again. So you can get a greater view of what is... Oh, Lordy, that might be too great of a view, right? <laughs> Okay, let's see what we got here. 8.47 p.m. Donald Trump Jr. spokesman Andy Sarubian Cerub has termed the red wave crashing across America on Tuesday night the Great Woke Lash. Oh, <laughs> I like it. The Great Woke Lash. Man, but what's going on over here in, uh, what's going on over here in uh, New Jersey is what I want to know. 
Okay, so this is all about Yunkin stuff. We're not seeing uh, Ashley Oliver. Okay, they're doing the Yunkin, uh, the Yunkin woke role. At <laughs> woke lash. That's some great stuff, guys. Okay, well, they're talking Virginia in this article about New Jersey. Uh, but it appears that uh, Murphy is probably going to end up taking Jersey again. So, uh, well, there you go, guys. And, um, I'll, uh, you know, I haven't even looked into uh, the results for the Texas elections. Uh, I should do that. But you know what? We will uh, we'll, we'll save that one for Lone Star News, since, after all, uh, it was only our Texas constitutional amendments that we were... Uh, voting on today here in Texas. Nothing, nothing as dramatic as Virginia and as uh, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, we're about to get into it again today. We, you know, we love to get into it here at the Sea Report. Uh, before we do, let me go ahead and hop in to say hello to our friends hanging out over at pill.net and also the foxhole.app tam growls hanging out first in thanks for gifting a cookie tam growl uh, she says please don't take my sunshine away i'm first he 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 okay probably she didn't say he 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 but the little emoji she used just looks like someone saying he 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 <laughs> i would never take your sunshine away darling you know I would never do such a thing. Thank you for gifting that cookie, Tam Growl. Welcome in for being first. Disco Ball Chaser, the one and the only, I might add, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, hanging out in here. If you see any duplicates of that name, don't be fooled. Couldn't tell you in what context, but uh, there, there are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of uh, fake and uh, illegitimate um, copied account names over at Foxhole and uh, Pilled. For some reason, I can't understand why some of the best people have accounts that have uh, very similar multiples roaming around out there. Can't imagine who's doing that. Uh, I guess some people still have time for petty schoolyard little girl games, but uh, I guess whatever floats their boat, I ain't going to take it away from them. Discernment people does go a long ways. I could tell you that for sure. She's calling for a roll call. Now we'll get more people in here as all the, what, like probably like 20 shows are live right now over at the foxhole.app. So uh, I hope everyone's enjoying them. We got some good content creators on right now. Uh, let's see. Tombstone is in the house. Shenanigans. Who would have thunk it, right? Sean Joe, thank you for gifting that cookie. Pilled by the rabbit. Good evening, sir. And uh, he is a working and a lurking, probably making some brand new art for you guys to take a gander at. Good evening, 123SKG. Great to see you again, and uh, welcome back. Saw you hanging out earlier today, and thank you for the shades. Keeping it cool here at the Sea Report over on the foxhole.app. Aurelius Locke says, uh, let's see what Aurelius Locke says. Good evening, Aurelius Locke. Hope you're doing well. He says, need prayers and positive energy. Put up, please. Just found out my brother's in the hospital with severe difficulty breathing. I am I am sorry to hear that, Aurelius. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what to do. Let's send our positive energy, love, and power over to Aurelius Locke's brother and his family. Keep him in our prayers tonight and, uh, and uh, pray that he gets better and he is able to have some relief and, uh, and uh, you know, can, can, uh, can, can sustain that breath, you know. Life-giving energy, that is. Tam Grell's believing in miracles. Yep. Curious Cat is in the house. 
Um, Tamgrel's still in the house. I'm just kidding. Tamgrel says I think it's being watched very closely. Uh, let's see here. Uh, if we're talking about uh, Phil Murphy, Tamgrel, isn't he going to mandate jabs, quarantines, and school nonsense? Yep. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying when it comes to this whole Phil Murphy debacle. Uh, we know Project Veritas broke some rather uh, important news right on the eve of this entire election campaign. And um, I tell you what, if that doesn't have people up at arms and calling for an audit or shenanigans, I don't know what will. And I think that uh, maybe that will help push it in that direction. Nat Handy is in the house. Hey, Nat Handy, what's up? Good evening. Glad you're here tonight. And uh, absolutely, guys, prayers for Aurelius Locke, his brother, and his family as well. Uh, we wish him well in a speedy recovery and relief. We pray for him to have relief, Aurelius, and hope all that goes well in that matter. Um, but thank you all again for joining us on this Tuesday evening. And uh, we are happy to be here as ever with, uh, you know, the stories that we have to tell. The stories that we could tell. Ladies and gentlemen, as we uh, continue along on this odyssey of election integrity and uh, restoration of our republic, the saving of our country, the securing of our God-given rights and freedom, we've got to stick together and we've got to maintain that sense of hope, strength, and perseverance that has been gifted to us. Not everybody has it, guys. Not everybody has it, but we are lucky that we do. And so we must carry on. We must carry on. We must not stop in the face of adversity. That is what makes us stronger. That is what gives us character. That is what makes us American, I would say. And I don't think, uh, I don't think I'm being generous by making a statement such as that or boastful either in regards to, uh, the kind of a character that we people have in this country. Now, um, jumping back into uh, where we left off this afternoon, of course, going by with our President Trump statements. President Trump leads here at the Sea Report as ever. Oof. Let's pick up right here, ladies and gentlemen. Now, this statement uh, comes to us. Uh, this is where we're going to open up the election integrity box. Like I said, this afternoon, uh, we mainly went through some statements and uh, we mainly uh, played the correct Janine Harpy Golem Shill Piro interview with President Trump. So if you didn't get to catch that, check out the replay. And uh, well, it, it, I mean, you know, can't stand ya, but uh, it is what it is, guys. Let's see what we got here. President Trump making this is back on October 28th. So just so you know, I did kind of like uh, jumble up the dates here. So we're not what we're not like five days behind. Okay, <laughs> we have already read some uh, October 31st and November 1st statements. I can't even imagine the things President Trump's got to be saying today about uh, everything that's going on in New Jersey. So I kind of jumbled up the statements to tailor make the shows the last three episodes or so. This statement says, the statement that I made a few weeks ago saying that Republicans will not vote if the election fraud of 2020 is not fixed was in no way meant to imply that I would tell them not to vote, but rather that they may not have the incentive to vote 
if the election process is not fully remedied and quickly. It was the crime of the century. We are working on solving that problem every day. It will be done. People do not want to spend their time and money to have a scam like that happen again. Regardless of anything or anyone, we must get out the get out the Republican and sane vote. Now, um, I found this statement actually pretty interesting. And, and actually, that's the reason why we have this statement coming to us now on November 2nd, as opposed to October 28th. Aside from the fact that I wasn't even on the air on October 28th with the C report, ladies and gentlemen. But, um, you know, that was an interesting talking point that I kind of wondered, where did this come from? Like, why, why is the left and why is the lamestream fake news legacy media suddenly telling everyone that uh, Republicans aren't going to vote? Don't vote. Don't go. They're not going to vote. In fact, outfits like the Communist News Network were even telling candidates, do you think that Republicans should vote? if you believe that uh, the 2020 election was fraudulent and they press the issue guys, they press the issue. This, these weird subversion tactics that they use. And I guess they're not weird. I guess they're tried and true. It's all about uh psy op psycholo psychological opposition, psychological operations, uh, mental fake outs, gaslighting, all of that mental stuff guys. And in the end, it's just to, create the uh it's to create the canvas of uh deceit an illusion uh that um uh, we have given up and that we're not going to go vote and 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 perhaps so this way uh we can uh, become disheartened dispirited and uh not even uh, show up to vote that's another tactic that they use um I'm, uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna check this uh this brief CNN interview out guys we've seen this one before I quite enjoy it I could I could watch this interview over and over and over again but you just watch the way that uh Trisha Takanawa over there at CNN, uh, tries to, to plant that same narrative onto Carrie Lake. And of course, just because I love Carrie Lake, uh, we're going to watch this interview again. This is going to kick off our election integrity, guys, our show for tonight, as we talk about uh, taking back our country and not putting up with the lies and the deceit that these people are trying to force us to believe, guys. You know it's true. I know it's true. We all know how they do right? We all know how they do. Uh, but let's check this one out again, guys. It, this is just, this to me is a, um, it's a seminal interview. It, this is, a, to me, this is a turning of the tide here. This is the mainstream, lamestream, fake news, legacy media losing their grasp. We all know the spell's been broken. But uh, when we get candidates like Carrie Lake, who are standing up and uh, <laughs> she didn't even really have to stand up. She just talked to her square guys <clears throat> and uh, 
the amount of truth and the fortitude coming from Carrie Lake, Trisha Takanawa could not say anything to refute it. And she tries. Now, I know you guys have seen this uh, interview before. I know you're going to enjoy watching it again. I love this interview, guys. I mean, this is, to me, an iconic interview moment in our nation's history. As we are living through history right now at this very minute, and we have been for the last five years, guys, we have been living through history these years, this time period, people will write about in history books. And I think what gets us most jaded is the concern about who's going to be writing that history book, right? But if we continue to press forward and persevere, if we continue to spread the word and take action where and when we can, we will be victorious and we will be rewriting all of the false narratives that the left, the deep staters, the elitist, whatever you want to call them, we will be writing, rewriting all of the false histories that they have forced upon us and indoctrinated us with. And we will be writing the new chapters of the brand new American experience, guys. As we take back our country, we secure our God-given rights and we create a pathway for the rest of the world to follow. Let's check this out. Got it? Okay, thank you for doing that. Thank I you. really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, so let's just talk about the, the support that you have right now. Um, you're looking very good in local polls. I mean, how are you feeling about your campaign right now? I feel great. I mean, I, I got into this because I'm a mom who is fed up. I'm fed up with what's happening in this world. And I'm a former journalist. I'm fed up with what's happening in, in journalism as well. But I'm worried about my children and my future grandchildren if we don't start to turn Arizona back to the way it's supposed to be, which is getting our freedoms back. And I think we can still retain and hold on to our freedoms here. Some of these other states are gone. And it's been leftist policies in California, Oregon, Washington. I just talked to somebody from Connecticut and somebody from New Jersey. And they said, oh, my gosh, Arizona is the, kind of the last bastion of freedom. And they're so happy to be here. Yet we Arizonans feel like some of our freedoms are slipping away. Mm -hmm. So I'm in this to preserve Arizona, the Arizona we love, keep these opportunities for our children, get our freedoms back and end some of this nonsense, the what? masking of our children the vaccine mandates, We've got moms and dads out there going into Christmas, looking at losing their jobs because their boss or some corporate goon is telling them, you get a vaccine or you get out. One of the things that uh, you've been talking about quite a bit and tweeting about is the election. You know, you've said that you think Trump won Arizona in 2020. Do you still believe that? I believe Biden is... The president, just like OJ, is innocent. The system is corrupt. Have you not followed what's happening in our election here? Absolutely. I covered the audit. 34,000 so audit. votes counted twice. Uh, canvassers went to a dirt lot where 75 people were registered to That's vote. That's a Liz Harris report that was debunked. Well, you say it was debunked because everything that you guys don't agree with, you debunk. You fact check. 
And I know where your fact checkers come from. A lot of times the fact checkers. There are checkers, addresses at that dirt lot you're talking about. No. So what, what well, I want to know is where is the proof that you're going to point to? If you don't have the ability to critically sit down and listen to our forensic audit results, then I can't help you. It but you guys went Trump into that. Lost by even more. If you count fraudulent votes. We've got a problem with our election. They're pouring in mail-in ballots. Trump was winning big in Pima County. And when they realize that, they start pouring in more ballots, more mail-in ballots. We have, we have a problem. We've got a, a election. We have mail-in ballots coming in with no signatures. Our system is broken. I don't care. If, let me tell you, if Trump won the way that Biden did, I would have a problem with it. We just need to prove it. We need to prove that this election was won fair and square. And we're seeing all kinds of problems. And the mail-in ballots were sent out. We had our election officials who were rewriting election rules, usurping the legislature. The legislature in Arizona writes our election laws, not the people working at the county recorder's office. And we're not getting, we don't care what the media says. The media is full of it and we know it. I know it. I worked in the media, excuse me. I worked in the media. I know what you guys are trying to do. You don't give a damn about our elections. You've got a narrative and you're trying to push it. And what is and we want the the narrative is everything it's frauded it's fake people witness things they they witness things during this election and they knew it was wrong and all they want is to make sure that our vote is fair that well, is fair and square but I'm not going to sit here and argue with you because I know you're going to twist it around I know how these things work and I know what the final product is and I'm not going to sit here and argue with you if you would like to look through the forensic audit report I'm happy to share that with you and there's more information to come out. We haven't yet gotten the analysis of the paper ballots and of the routers. But do you think it's do you think that it was the right thing to do to delete a bunch of million files the day before the audit? That was roundly debunked. No, by, not by the press, but by the Maricopa County. Recorder's OK, office. well, you're buying into everything they say. These are the same people who did not want this forensic audit. These are the same people who did not want it. And so there's a lot of people, Democrat, Republican that may have had uh, some issues with this election. They may have been involved in some of the shady dealings. This was a shady, shoddy, corrupt election. And everyone knows it. The left knows it, the right knows it, but the left is trying to make us live with this and we're not gonna live with it. We're gonna get to the bottom of it. And while we may not be able to do a whole lot about this, I will be damned if when I'm governor, we're gonna have another election run this way. It's wrong. We want one vote per legal voter and we want it counted. We're not gonna have a bunch of mail-in ballots floating around, sitting on top of mailboxes for any Tom, Dick, and Harry to sign and send in. It's bull crap, and we want our country back, and we want our election back. Do you agree with President Trump when he says that Republicans should not vote unless 2020 is adjudicated again? I think that everyone should vote. I think everyone should vote. And I, I really hope and pray, and we've got some really great lawmakers here who did the right thing. They stood up to people like CNN and MSNBC and the corrupt media. And trust me, it is corrupt as hell. They stood up against you guys and they stood up against uh, you know the newspapers. And they said, we are going to get to the bottom of this. We will do a forensic audit of Arizona's election. Our constituents are demanding it. And they stood up to the, the peanut gallery yelling at them and did the right thing. So I do believe that in the next legislative session, they'll, they'll enact and, and bring forth some new, stronger laws to protect our uh, integrity of our vote 
because we want to know that I want to know my vote counts. I want your vote to count. And Republicans, uh, Trump supporters would be appalled if Trump won the way that Biden won. We just want fairness. That's all we ask for. Are you going to win? I believe we will. Yeah. And then there's going to be some cleanup of our elections. It's going to happen. Um, I don't want to run over the five minute time. Uh -huh. That's um, perfect. A question. Um, of course. It's just a little confusing, maybe for some people that we're talking about how debunked the elections are, but then please vote. So are they supposed to vote or not vote? Well, I, I, I think what I said there was I believe that our lawmakers are going to, in this next session, hopefully shore up our elections a bit more and hopefully bring some more change. And I think when we get some more information that comes out, and there may be criminal charges filed. We have an uh, attorney general who's investigating right now. Oh, I forgot to ask, should Katie Hobbs go to jail? But you, you uh, I, I believe that Katie Hobbs was, uh, it was malpractice the way she handled her job. Hmm. We have voter rolls. We have voter rolls that are a complete mess. It's her job to clean those up. We've got dead people voting. It's ridiculous. You so, still think she should go to prison? I, I think she should. I think if we find out there was fraud and she that we, we should prosecute her and she should go to prison, yeah. But here's the problem. We all know that the Democrats never go to prison. There's never justice. So we'll see what happens. I hope and pray. All I hope and pray for is justice. If somebody defrauded the voters of Arizona, I hope they pay for that. Do those changes that you're talking about in the upcoming legislative session have to happen in order for Republicans to vote? I think I, I, I would say vote. I would say vote regardless of the changes. But I think there'll be changes that I would say about. I think there'll be changes though. I, I think there'll be some. I mean, will it get all fixed? I don't think it'll be fixed next session. But I, I do encourage people to vote. Thank all you right. for the time. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yep. <laughs>
And you see with with the um, with the the professionalism that Carrie Lake, she probably had to hold back a lot to stay that professional. Uh, but, but, you know, you, you, her eyes are just like burning into Trisha Takanawa. Okay. And her name's like Lisa Ling or something like that. I don't know. It's not Trisha Takanawa. It's a Ling Ling, right? Um, but uh, the, uh, the, the, the truth that uh, Carrie Lake just burns into her soul, uh, you know, that was a, probably a totally set up, a totally set up interview, right? Rigged. Do you see all of the youth sitting behind Carrie Lake as if though uh, CNN believes that that demographic doesn't care or is following what the mainstream, lamestream, fake news, legacy media is saying, right? And every single one of those kiddos was like, yep, yep, Carrie's right. Carrie's right. Sorry, Communist News Network, you have lost that demographic. Okay, it's the uh, millennials, apparently, right, that you have to worry about, okay? <laughs> But uh, that demographic, ladies and gentlemen, that next generation, they ain't smoking that crack pipe. That's for dang sure. <laughs> well, some of them are. But uh, that's uh, that's some good stuff. Ohio Kimmy Ola Chica says, because she's being honest. Exactly. Exactly. And I really, I what I really need to do, guys, is find the version of the interview where you can see Trisha's face. Or her eyes, right? You can see her eyes. I can't even imagine the scowl she's making under behind that mask. I can't even imagine how much she had to avert her eyes. He had to shifty shift those eyeballs because of everything that Carrie Lake was saying. And you can hear the dishonesty and the deceit in her voice, ladies and gentlemen. And Trisha Takanawa, you can hear she's like uh, Carrie Lake's like you don't even know you you don't even know what happened in 2020, do you? And she's like, of course I did. I covered the election for audit. Yeah. We know she was reporting from the sideshow carnival <laughs> from the beginning to the end. And yet still, she has no idea what happened because she's not paying attention to those details. Probably is instructed not to even research that information for whatever reason. For whatever reason, guys. So that was a good kickoff, of course. Uh, I see you guys probably noticed we got Brnovich on the screen. You notice there's a there's a whole bunch of more new uh, photos of Brnovich coming out. He's getting ready for a Senate run, of course. Uh, I think I think this is going to be the clincher for him. However, he uh, handles uh, what's coming over in uh, Arizona. Let's talk about this real quick. This is going to be our. Uh, this is going to be uh, the. Only other um, Arizona election uh, information that we're going to have for tonight. We're going to jump into some other stuff. But real quick, since we have Brnovich on the screen, you guys are probably wondering who's that, uh, who's that, uh, who's that silly over there sitting uh, next to him on the screen. Uh, that, ladies and gentlemen, is Adrian Fontes, who uh, you might be familiar with that name. Uh, Adrian Fontes is the previous Maricopa County recorder. Uh, who was working during, or in office, I should say, during the 2020 election and before that. This guy, Adrian Fontes, is the guy that got Sen Senator Cinema or Cinema, however you prefer, Tomato Tomato. I like Cinema. It sounds, uh, it doesn't sound so off the rack as uh, Senator Cinema, right? So uh, anyways, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know, guys, I know. Wait, stop being extra, Mr. C, right? Okay. <laughs> 
But uh, Adrian Fontes, if it weren't for him, and if it weren't for the way that he uh, he uh, bottlenecked and uh, ba- basically made the 2018 elections in Arizona Maricopa County get a constipated delay, uh, Senator Cinema or Cinema, she would not have been in office, right? It would have gone to the Republican, most likely. Interesting enough, it's like, oh, the future f- proves the past or what? No, I don't, I don't know that this is exactly the future proving the past. But uh, ironically enough, it is because of this man that uh, Cinema has held up, uh, you know, the dreams and the goals of the progressive communist sympathizing Democrats. Oh, man, justice when it's served. Whew, boy. So how does that happen? I don't know, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know. It's as crazy as, you know, uh, pink hat, uh, butch man, women coming in and defending specific genders. That's crazy, guys. What world are we living in? Well, hey, it sounds like the world's turning around to be a better place to me. So I'll take it. Uh, But in regards to uh, Mark Brnovich and also Adrian Fontes, previous recorder of Maricopa County, uh, we see that uh, um, uh, A.G. Brnovich has sicked on uh, Adrian Fontes, one of his special agents. And it appears, guys, that uh, Mark Brnovich has opened a formal investigation into the fraudulent 2020 elections, and he's starting with Fontes, which is... Good, good news, guys, because don't forget the recorder that came after Fontes, uh, that was one uh, Steve Richer, uh, you know, the uh, guy who lives in denial. Look at me. I wear my crown with pride. That guy don't. Uh, who ran on a campaign of ousting this fraudulent and corrupt recorder and then proved to be exactly the same kind of person, if not worse, Steve Richer. Um, Fontes, uh, pulled a lot of strings and did a lot of things that, uh, turned a lot of heads and were like, whoa, this guy's corrupt. How is he getting away with it? Well, Bernovich is starting with him, it seems. Now, uh, according to Arizona Central, um, Roger Geisler, who is a special agent, uh, who works with, uh, A.G. Bernovich over there. Um, that is, uh, A.G. Bernovich's major fraud unit special agent questioned Adrian Fontes, the uh, Democrat former Maricopa County recorder, on Monday, yesterday, about issues stemming from the election. Another investigator also attended the one-hour interview of Fontes arranged late last week by Geisler. I said Geisler, didn't I? It's Geisler. I apologize. Uh, The interview, Fontes told the Arizona Republic, is unlike any briefings he had with law enforcement officials during his four years as recorder and did not suggest he was the target of a criminal probe. Fontes is a lawyer and a former member of the Attorney General's office who is seeking the Democrat nomination for Secretary of State next year. Good luck with that, Fontes. Good luck with... uh, You got some pretty big uh, shoes to fill in there uh, with uh, good old Katie Schnobbs, Katie Hobbs, the uh, Soros and Clinton-backed Democrat hack. Uh, who uh, basically um, um, defrauded Arizonans of their election and certified a bad election in 2020. She knew what she was doing. Like they asked Carrie Lake, do you think she should go to prison? Do you think she should go to prison? Yes. If she did criminal misdoings, she should. Eh, Roundabout way. You guys heard the interview. You don't need me to repeat it, right? Anyhow... 
Um, it appears that last week, Attorney General officials told the Republic it had not received any written complaints of election fraud from the Trump campaign. Trump's lawyer or key figures from his re-election campaign either. Officials did not respond when asked repeatedly whether the office had received any verbal requests. Last week, Attorney General officials... Oh, wait. We got that one. The investigators seemed to be taking up issues raised by cyber ninjas, is what Fontes had to say. Um, and uh, he said, and I quote, they are going down the cyber ninja rabbit hole. It's incredibly troubling that a prosecutor would send two agents out to try to bolster the big lie. Can you believe these guys are still using that reference? It's like if they repeat the same lie often enough, right? Maybe it'll stick. I don't know. Maybe some of President Trump's Teflon Don energy has gotten to Americans and uh, none of their lies are sticking anymore. I think I'll go with that. That seems to be uh, quite, uh, quite good for me. Now, in an email seeking time with Fontes, Geisler said he would like to know about the election preparation and execution, what some of the difficulties were, and what worked well. So hopefully uh, hopefully the questions uh, took them in places that they need to go to move the investigation forward, and left Fontes under the impression that he was not a target. Uh, but who knows, maybe they'll be comparing notes between uh, Fontes and Richer and see what worked well and what didn't. What were the differences? Uh, who could say at this point, right? Investigators questioned Fontes about some of the questions raised during the ballot review of the 2.1 million ballots in Maricopa County from the 2020 election and zeroed in on the timing of archiving for computerized election records. Fontes said they did not seem to understand the basics of election administration. Yeah, I would play dumb too if I were them. You learn a lot when you play dumb, ladies and gentlemen. In a letter to Brnovich on September 24th, President Fan said, that's uh, President Karen Fan of the uh, Arizona Senate said, there were several urgent issues that needed to be followed up on. Those included the signature verification process for ballot absentee ballots, the maintenance of voter rolls, election technology and machinery, and preservation of election-related information to be used for future audits if warranted. Now, Fontes found this law enforcement encounter incredibly troubling because no one's ever held them accountable in uh, Arizona before, I'm sure. Now, this is a statewide investigation, and uh, it seems that uh, there may be uh, more mulling around going into Pima County as well, guys. So we're looking at that. And uh, also, uh, good to note... A.G. Brnovich is still waiting the router and Splunk log analysis, but apparently he's digging deeper to hold people accountable for breaking the law. So that is a good turn of events, ladies and gentlemen, happening over in Arizona. And uh, I'm all for it, guys. I am all for it a thousand percent. Glad to hear that something is happening, that uh, things are starting to move along. Uh, so that that is uh, that is definitely a good thing, and uh, you know even even through all of this, guys, uh, the uh, the Dems and all of those people, they they still the progressives. Uh, let's not be so generic, right? The Dems, the progressive, the left leaning liberal, the communists, the uh, communist sympathizing Democrats, all of those guys, uh, they still they still seem to be trying to get get away with their lies. They still seem to be trying to gaslight people. They still seem to be trying to debunk 
all of this false information, you know, and I don't know. I think I was in a bathroom somewhere. And this is, <laughs> I was in a bathroom somewhere reading a wall and, and the wall said to me, um, it's better not to lie because you don't have to remember as much. If you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything at all. <laughs> I live by those words, guys, because I have such a bad memory. Man, could you imagine the kind of uh, things I would be doing to myself? Now, that's what that just as an example, guys. If these uh, if these uh, people read that wall <laughs> in that bathroom that I was in, they'd be like, "Oh yeah, maybe we should tell the truth because then we don't have to remember as much." Oh man, I've, I've just lost some audience over at the nether regions there with that one. <laughs> Come on back now. You'll hear our promise. We're not all about the toilet talk. But, um, uh, you know, uh, take this story, for example. The big steel breakdown. Okay. Now we have this group, the Poor People's Campaign. All right. The Poor People's Campaign who have decided to uh, put their energies together to create a report that will indisputably confirm and explain how illegitimate joke Biden won in such large numbers the 2020 presidential election, right? Now, I have, I have, um, I have some ideas about this, uh, this here report, okay? Uh, because, uh, you know, we know it. We probably don't have to repeat it, but we will, right? Uh, that compared to 2016, in 2020, President Trump improved his numbers, percentages, votes in every category across the board. He won more Hispanic votes. He won more female votes. He won more black votes. He won more gay votes. He won more immigrant votes. Okay. And we know the shenanigans that the uh, Democrats, the progressives, the left leaning liberals were up to, you know, in, in several states and even in some unnamed states. I'm sure this this happened probably in precincts all around the country, probably in all 50 guys uh, where we have, uh, you know, uh, illegally counting ballots behind doors, ballots being dropped, you know, in mass, endless piles of ballots coming in days after the election. Republicans and conservative uh, poll watchers being kicked out of counting rooms, being locked out, being bullied, being harassed, uh, hiding of ballot counting centers, ballots uh, suddenly appearing from under tables, double, triple, quadruple stuffing of ballots, guys, in, in more than one precinct, okay? Van loads of ballots arriving at the early hours of the morning where Joe Biden had fallen behind. All of those shenanigans. And yet this group here, the Poor People's Campaign, I think they represent me. But anyways, the Poor People's Campaign has this uh, brand new report that they have uh, that came out that proves that uh, it's because of the low income voter, in fact, of everything that happened of all of the shenanigans that uh, were pulled off by the Dems and the left-leaning libs, the progressives and communists, it was actually the low-income voter 
that helped them helped Joe Biden rise to uh, presidency. I don't know what to think about that, guys, but this is what they think. Now, uh, let's see if we got that here. Where are you? Come on. What is going on here? Okay, let me see if my... Oh, go away. Thank you. Uh, deny. Okay, all right. So, ah, come on. All these pop-ups. Laws have mercy. Okay, so here's that report. Let me go ahead and get this on the screen for you guys. Waking the sleeping giants, poor and low-income voters in the 2020 election. So apparently, in their purview, the sleeping giant is low-income voters. Okay, I'm sure this is not a racist document, right? Because according to this document, apparently low-income low voters don't vote. In fact, even some of the report and the statistics that they show in this report basically say that. Who is this? Andre the Giant? I have no idea. Who is that right there? Okay. Should we call him DeAndre the Giant? I don't know. Let's see here. Now, the report claims that low-income voter turnout increased 15 percentage points from 2016, and they went from 58% turnout to 73% turnout, and that was enough to secure illegitimate joke Biden the win. Right? Let's get past this. We're not going to go through all of this, guys. Don't worry. It's like 30-something pages long. Are you crazy? Heck no. And we're not going to look that forward either. Uh, but if these numbers are true, ladies and gentlemen, uh, what I'm thinking is that this could absolutely represent a subgroup of voters who are disenfranchised and is further reason why we need to have a canvas in all 50 states, guys. I think they might have provided us with answers to questions we have about what subgroups and subcategories of voters were disenfranchised. And uh, as little respect as the elitists and the deep staters have for Americans, you know they have a lot of disrespect for middle and low income citizens, right? Now, let's see what this thing here says about some of these findings in their report. It says uh, in the 2020 elections, let me go ahead and expand that just a little bit more. Ever so delicately. Ah, come on. Ever so delicately. Okay, there we go. No, no, no. Uh, ah. There we go. It's nice and pretty. It says in the 2020 elections, low-income voters exceeded 20% of the total voting population in 45 states and Washington, D.C. In tight battleground states, low-income voters accounted for an even greater share of the voting population, including in states that flipped party outcomes from 2016 to 2020, where the margin of vote victory was near or less than 3%. Low-income voters accounted for 34, 34 to 45% of the voting population. Again, where the margin of victory was near or less than 3%, it was the low-income voters who popped in with 34 to 45% of the voting population. They're saying in Arizona, where Biden won by what, 10,000, 11,000 votes? Well, it was like 10,245 or something like that. 39.96% uh, low-income voter turn turnout. Georgia, 12,000 he won. 37.84%, Michigan, 37.81%, Nevada, 35.78%, North Carolina, 43.67% low-income voter turnout. 
Pennsylvania, 34.12%. Wisconsin, 39.80%. A closer look at the racial demographics of the low-income voter in nine battleground states, Arizona, Florida, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Texas, and Wisconsin, shows that white low-income voters accounted for a higher vote share than all other racial groupings of low-income voters combined. This underscores the necessity of organizing low-income white, black, and Hispanic voters together in multiracial political coalitions. So what this to me right here, this statement makes no sense, ladies and gentlemen. This to me is like uh, a mapping for their battle plan moving forward. They're like, well, in these states, it was mostly white people, low-income voters that uh, showed up. So we need to get them together with the whites and the blacks and multiracial political coalitions so we can make them feel bad and vote the way we want them to vote. Okay, so uh, interesting stuff here. Um, Let me see what else we got in regards to this. According to uh, the study, low income voters make up 35 percent of the total percent of U.S. voters. Yet in battleground states, the low income voters made up a significant percentage, just as we stated. These are the votes, people, that need to be canvassed, okay? Aside from the fact that we have, like, a bunch of illegal voters here in Texas, another reason why we need to have this canvassed, here's some of the maps here. Low-income voters, uh, percentage voted. All of these these issues here, guys. uh, 84% registration, 78% turnout, 100% of the voters showed up. How do you have an 84, I guess, how do you have a 78% turnout, but 100% voted? It makes no sense. Okay. None of this makes sense. This is just some, uh, some, uh, uh, pretty looking, some pretty looking report that was put together that they're trying to use to gaslight the rest of the, of America to say, oh yeah, it was this is just to give the Dems and the left-leaning libs ammunition. They're like, no, didn't you read that report? It was low-income voters, like me, like you, like everyone in the barrio in the hood, right? Makes no sense, but uh, their 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 mechanisms, yeah, they'll use any way possible. They'll use any way possible in order to. Uh, get their way uh, with their lies and uh, to try and get, try and secure that for themselves. Very crazy stuff here, but that's, that's part of some of the shenanigans that these uh, poor people's campaign are doing here, putting out these bogus reports, which I think honestly, guys just tell us we need to canvas. Absolutely. We need to canvas here even more. So here's another one. Now, you guys have probably heard of Act Blue before. Yeah, that's right. We're covering some of the left shenanigans, guys. Act Blue, guys. This is a Democrat uh, fundraising platform. Okay. Now, uh, these guys have actually come under investigation. They've been scrutinized before Act Blue has. It seems it's happening again. We had uh, Democrats from Act Blue um, funding uh, donations. Uh, from Black Lives Matters, yeah, Black Lives Matters, guys, Democrats funding machine Act Blue was scrutinized about how donations from Black Lives Matter 
were flowing through this entity and handled by radical characters on the left. So what's up with that, right? ActBlue was also accepting donations from individuals who were supposedly unemployed. Investigation. ActBlue um, has no means of determining, by the way, if donations are from foreign or domestic donors. And we all know it's illegal to accept foreign donations. We have the Daily Caller reporting that uh, ActBlue is accepting donations but may be rep misrepresenting their situation. So another reason to uh, question ActBlue. ActBlue, according to the Daily Caller, the fundraising platform that commands a virtual monopoly over Democrat online fundraising, accumulated a cash hoard of at least $172.8 million by the end of 2020, while simultaneously claiming it needs tips from donors to keep its lights on. Yeah, almost $200 million in the bank, guys, and they need more money. That means they may be misrepresenting themselves. ActBlue states on its website that it asks for tips because it does not profit from processing contributions made through its platform, but ActBlue's credit card processing arm has reported paying taxes on its business profits every year since 2013, guys. And that's from IRS records. From 2013 through 2020, ActBlue's PAC collected $147.7 million in tips from small-dollar Democrat donors, according to uh, FEC records. If ActBlue's claims of tips being essential to their operation are in fact false and donors are making contributions based on those claims, this raises serious legal concerns. And uh, that is a statement made by former National Republican Congressional Committee General Counsel Chris Winkleman. So uh, that's another one to look at. Just some brief shenanigans by the blue, right? We're going to look at some more shenanigans, guys. We're going to look at some more for sure. And a real quick, uh, Yavapai Michael in the house. Good evening, Yavapai Michael. Thank you for donating the 700 gold pills to the cause. Uh, let's go, Carrie Lake. And Mr. C, thank you for airing this. Absolutely, Yavapai Michael. That is probably my brand new favorite interview, Mr. Michael. Uh, Nat Handy, gift in the can. I like her. Thank you for your support. Uh, and yeah, absolutely. Carrie Lake is, is amazing, guys. I'm glad we endorsed her back in June. Ohio Kimmy gifting the shades. Good evening. Hola, chica. And thank you for the shades. Much appreciated. Um, and uh, Yavapai Michael also says Katie Hobbs should be held accountable. I agree with that. You know, Arizona is such an exciting state to be in right now. I can't imagine anyone saying nothing is going on in Arizona at this time. You can't believe anyone sitting around with their thumbs, you know, where bored as heck about what they're doing in their state. That is crazy. I would, I would be so excited to be in Arizona right now. There are so many exciting things going on over there. At least they have a real Republican representatives or representation, I should say. They don't got rhinos like we got over here in Texas. But I guess that makes Texas kind of exciting too, right? If we have uh, nothing but uh, 
we have nothing but uh, rhinos here in Texas. Well, that means we got a we got a lot of rhinos to hunt. It's rhino hunting season, ladies and gentlemen. Rhino hunting season. Aurelius Locke says uh, uh, Mr. C would get weak in the knees and swoon in front of Carrie. I probably would, sir. I'd probably pee my pants and fall down. <laughs> My knees would buckle. Uh, I would I would be there prostrate before her. Uh, it's in crazy, crazy stuff, guys. Want to talk to me without that mask priceless, says Tam. That's a great clip, guys. A great clip. I'm telling you, telling you, that is an iconic moment that will live forever in history. Uh, mark my words, guys. Mar Whoa, Virginia. Calm down, Virginia. We're getting to you. Mark my words. Okay, cool. Mark them. 8.45 Central Time, Texas Time on the 2nd of November. Absolutely. Okay, guys. Let's get into... Uh, let's get... Yavapai Michael. Camel Toe's name is all over Act Blue. It is, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Hey, Blue Rinse of Blue Rinse. How you doing? Good evening. Texas gal, what's going on? Uh, I, uh, she says, uh, Mr. C, I learned so much about the Texas Secretary of State's from Stephen F. Austin today. Oh, from Stephen F. Austin to today. Gotta run. Texas gal, you get me a report by uh, 8 a.m. Thursday morning, please. As <laughs> <laughs> send me that. Send me some info, girl. I got a lot of stuff I've got to put together on my end. I'm still getting. I'm still getting part two. The Secretary of Snakes, the Sea Report Live Digs episode together. We're gonna do it again, guys. We're not done with the Secretary of Snakes. Not by a long shot. We're not done by a long shot. Oh, that's exciting, Texas gal. That is exciting. You let me know what you found. Help lighten my load here, please. Okay, let's talk about Virginia. Now, uh, actually, guys, why don't we do this? We're, we're, we're going to talk about Virginia. But what I want to do right now is uh, see if there's any updates, right? We started the show with some uh, news about Virginia and the governor race. Let's see if they've issued any updates at all whatsoever. Hmm... And for this, it seems we will turn back to, uh, ooh, we got some Ohio results coming in, guys. Let's see what's going on. This is going to be exciting. All right. We're uh, turning over to Breitbart again for this. I'll expand it just a bit for you guys. Oh, wait, hey. <laughs> there we go. I don't know. Do you guys like this box or this box? This box? Yeah, we'll leave it here for now. Uh, let me go ahead and expand this, though, on the screen for you guys so you can see what it is I'm reading. We got some Ohio updates coming in. That's exciting. Let's see what's going on in Ohio, guys. We got uh, Drew Carey's brother. <laughs> no, just kidding. Mike Carey was running, guys, in Ohio. Let's see what we got here. Let's see what we got. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Okay, we're not, we're not advertising here for that boot. Okay, so... <laughs> Hold on, I want to I want to make this a little bit bigger. I feel like it's not as clear as it could be. I guess we'll have to go this way. Well, oh, it's better. Okay, cool. Uh, so we had a special election. We'll again test a blah 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 blah. Update: 9:38 p.m. Eastern Time. Republican Mike Carey, Trump's pick in Ohio 15 district in the special election, has officially won. All right, Red Wave America Part Two. 
the wave that we actually get to see happen, right? It's not being subverted by fraud and uh, ballot dumps. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, projected to win Mike Carey in Ohio, District 15. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't that uh, Anthony Gonzalez, the first of the 10 to fall? I think that was his district, guys. The first of the 10 to fall, Anthony Gonzalez, who uh, is no longer running. Uh, Let's see, Anthony and then Adam, the first to go in the uh, Band of Brothers, right? Oh, I take it back. It was Steve Stivers. Okay. He will elect a successor to former representative Steve Stizer. Okay. Well, whatever. Okay. Well, the point is Mike Carey has won Ohio by projection. So that's good. Not by projection like the Democrats do, of course. You know, that's a different kind of projection. Uh, And it looks like uh, Virginia represents a red wave statewide with almost everywhere shifting to the right. Red Wave, 58 of 59 localities that have reported all precincts have shifted to the right compared to 2017. Check that out, guys. Can you imagine how this is going to amplify the fraud that took place in Virginia in 2020? We covered a story on that. Uh, Let's see, 9.32 p.m. Eastern Time. That was uh, approximately uh, 17 minutes ago, South Dakota. Governor Christy Noem is uh, thanking Virginia for electing Yunkin. God bless Virginia. <laughs> Do y'all guys want to see the melt? Oh, what is Castro doing on the screen? Oh, let's see them have this meltdown, guys. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me uh, let me get this fixed. There's my representative, guys. Screw this man. Uh-uh. All right. Let's see this meltdown real quick. I'm so ser- I'm so curious. We know the answer to some of this. I watched Glenn Youngkin's interviews on Fox News, and he did nothing that Claire's... He did not... I mean, he worshipped at the altar of Donald Trump on Fox News. He flew an insurrection flag at his rallies. He simply didn't... He played dumb about a, 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 a Zoom rally. He did not really put much distance between himself and Donald Trump on the big lie or the deadly insurrection in which police officers were maimed by flagpoles. So I think that the the real ominous thing is that. You notice, guys, how she kind of had to uh, police officers remained in the yeah, you got you. Yeah, yeah, we can tell when you're lying, y'all. We can tell when you're lying. Critical race theory, which isn't real, turned the suburbs 15 points to the Trump insurrection endorsed Republican. What do Democrats do about that? I I don't know. That wasn't as much of a meltdown as I was hoping for, but eh, it's okay. We'll take it. We'll take, uh, we'll take, uh, Joaquin, uh, looking defeated there and, uh, (laughs) Yeah, you go back to your Truman National Security Project and you're a bunch of progressive hacks, Joaquin. We're tired of you. You're out of here, boy. You're out of here. All right, guys. So there's your uh, update. Now let's talk a little bit about (laughs) Virginia. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking now. With uh, Virginia going red, where it probably has been for quite some time, and uh, thank you, Doreen Merck, for jumping in with the can. And you're most welcome. We're just... uh, 
moving along as we go. But I wanted to talk about Virginia because, again, guys, we were talking about uh, the many types of voter fraud that occur, right? The many types of voter fraud that occur uh, far beyond just a ballot swap in an electronic voting machine. <clears throat> Pardon me, uh, because uh, obviously that that is uh, that is one that um, uh, you would believe is absolutely the way that it happens, but it's far more intricate than that. Okay. Far more intricate than that. Now <clears throat> in Virginia, uh, we see that a lawsuit was actually filed recently guys, because the last bit of inf uh, voter fraud that we heard really about in Virginia had to do with the universities. Okay. Aside from, uh, you know, students not in class uh, sending ballots, uh, mail-in ballots from their dorms, aside from ballot dumps happening, aside from uh, voter day plus, uh, what, two, three, four, five, um, <clears throat> and, and aside from really, really strange percentages coming particularly out of the two uh, big university hubs there, it seems that um, the Public Interest Legal Foundation has discovered new evidence of election fraud in the 2020 election. Now, guys, Public Interest Legal Foundation, uh, otherwise known as PILF, they're one of the best, ladies and gentlemen. Now, this, we've covered Public Interest Legal Foundation several times here at the C-Report. I don't know if you guys remember them or not, but what their job is, is all about suing the heck out of the federal government and state governments for any type of election uh, fraud or any type of election, uh, you know, uh, misgivings that happen. Uh, that's what they're there for, guys. They solely focus on suing the government, whether it's state or federal. Um, anytime they uh, go out of bounds or they uh, get unconstitutional or they break the law in regards to, in regards to, election integrity. In fact, uh, Public Interest Legal Foundation, otherwise known as PILF, uh, they were the outfit that uh, voluntarily gave uh, their time and uh, wrote um, letters of, uh, I would say they wrote letters not of encouragement, but of, um, uh, of assurance to uh, the Arizona Senate when Merrick Garland tried to go after them for doing their uh, election audit there in Maricopa County. Yeah, yeah. Public Interest Legal Foundation was like, uh, hey, uh, Senate President Karen Fan, don't worry about it. They've tried to do this before. They have no legal grounds. Keep on going. Yeah, this is a this is a team of lawyers, guys. Team of lawyers, and that's all that they do. So what did Public Interest Legal Foundation do in Virginia? Well, guys... Uh, it appears that uh, they filed a lawsuit that alleged that um, Virginia Public Policy Institute on Wednesday found, now they're representing the Virginia Public Policy Institute, they found that uh, Fairfax County, hmm, Fairfax County of all places that was being reported on is not having their numbers in, uh, in Virginia were uh, illegally, uh, illegally handling absentee ballots. In fact, their procedures for the handling of absentee ballots were quite illegal. Now, PILF's aggressive action to address issues of election integrity 
in advance of tonight's election, guys, um, the gubernatorial election over there in Virginia is a very stark contrast, right, to the after-the-fact election integrity challenges that were made in November. So they went at, they went at this ahead of time, but again, they're using they're using uh, evidence that uh, they have found um, from the Virginia Public Policy Institute. Uh, according to PILF President J. Christian Adams, Fairfax County is not following the rules of absentee ballots. Let's take a look at the document. Now, my highlighter wasn't working. Yeah, so I had to do the chubby marker. Okay, so <laughs> let me go ahead and expand this on the screen for you guys. All right, and then we'll prop that up. Now, we're not going to go through all of this. It's a whopping 13 pages, uh, but here you go. This is the Virginia Institute for Public Policy. And this is being filed on behalf of them by the Public Interest uh, Legal Foundation. And uh, it says here, uh, defendants are accepting and approving applications for absentee and mail-in ballots that do not include information required by Virginia law, namely the last four digits of the applicant's social security number. Defendant suspension, suspension of the Social Security number requirement violates the anti-suspension clause of the Constitution of Virginia that all, power, that all power of suspending laws or the execution of laws by any authority without consent of the representatives of the people is injurious to their rights and ought to be exercised. So uh, that's basically the gist of what we have going on. Uh, this uh, paragraph here talks a bit about uh, the Public Policy Institute, the kind of uh, organization that they are. They are 501c3. Here's some of those statutory requirements. Applications for absentee ballots may be submitted in person at the office of the general registrar or by mail, electronic means, or facsimile device. Applicants, applications for absentee ballots shall contain the applicant's printed name and the last four digits of the applicant's social security number. According to the Virginia absentee ballot application form instructs uh, the application, the applicant, that the last four digits of a social security number are required three separate times and warns that the application will be rejected if the information is not provided. And uh, there's the three separate times listed here. Your social security number, last four digits required. Your name and last four digits of your social security number are required. And the last four digits of your social security number are required. Your application will be denied if you fail to provide the last four digits of your social security or if you fail to provide any other information required to determine the qualification of your vote by mail. Okay, so here it seems that Fairfax County is processing um uh, applicant applications or, uh, yeah, uh, that, uh, don't have that required information. Thus Virginia code unambiguously requires applicants who submit applications for absentee ballots by mail, electronic means or facsimile devices must provide the last four digits of their social security number. An absentee ballot application that omits statutorily required information, including the last four digits of the applicant's social security number is not properly completed. Okay. The general registrar may not send absentee ballot materials to applicants who have not properly completed the absentee ballot application, including those applicants who have not included the last four. They're driving the point home here, guys. They're driving the point home here. Okay. Uh, but uh, all in all, guys, that was the gist of it. 
I would say they've got uh, pretty good ammunition here. Now, here's what they want for it. They want declaring defendants' actions to be in violation of Article 1, Section 7 of the Constitution of Virginia, uh, declaring defendants' actions to be in violation of Virginia's Code, Section 24.2, preliminary and permanently enjoining the defendants from continuing to violate the Constitution of Virginia, Virginia statutes, and any other relevant authorities with respect to absentee and mail-in applicants and ballots, preliminarily and permanently enjoining the defendants from sending absentee and mail-in ballots to any applicant who did not follow Virginia law and include the last four digits of his or her social security number, preliminarily and permanently enjoining defendants from approving additional absentee and mail-in ballot applications that do not comply with Virginia law, ordering defendants to collect the last four digits of social security numbers from applicants who submitted an application without that information, signed the below. Okay. That's, you know, that's, I would say more than reasonable, right? I mean, it is after all Virginia state law, right? And uh, this here is from the public interest legal foundation website. Peel files lawsuit to stop the unlawful acceptance of absentee ballot applications. I'll expand that just a bit. We won't read all of this, of course, but uh, that's just uh, so you can see on their website. Fairfax County is not only violating Virginia law, but also the Virginia Constitution. Um, so that's what's go that was what was going on, guys. The lawsuit explains that Fairfax County is violating Virginia law by accepting and approving applications for absentee ballots that do not include the last four digits of their social security number. Okay. Well, uh, as it turns out, ladies and gentlemen, we had a quick turnaround on this. Now, here's the other thing that I think that we should consider. Now, we could get all, oh, things never change. Oh, the bad guys always win. Oh, oh, bad guys always win. Oh, things never change. I mean, we, we could get like that, right? But what's the point, okay? What's the point? Because my point is this is in the spotlight, and uh, now we know where this judge stands, okay? Because uh, it appears, just like in Antrim County, Michigan, a Fairfax County judge has dismissed this lawsuit. Did he even look at the evidence? Does he even care about the Constitution of Virginia? I'm sure this guy's going to have a lot of eyeballs on him now. Uh, his name is Judge Michael Devine, okay? And he found that uh, the Virginia Institute for Public Policy, a nonprofit organization, lacked the standing to sue over these illegal absentee ballot applications, guys. Is that not crazy? How they can turn the law in this regard. Dismiss the judge. I mean, dismiss the judge. Dismissed the case. Judge Michael Devine, a Virginia judge, dismissed this lawsuit, okay? Because according to uh, the Fairfax County Office of Elections, they argue that Virginia law stipulates that such a challenge can only be brought by an aggrieved voter, okay? The candidate for office or the candidate's campaign 
or the chairman of the candidate's political party. So what does this mean? This means that uh, the Virginia, Virginia Public Policy Institute and the Public Interest Legal Foundation will probably have to double back, guys. They'll probably have to double back and find, you know, a uh, find a constituent, find an aggrieved voter to slap their name on this lawsuit. Because apparently, even though uh, businesses and nonprofits can, uh, you know, um, decide elections, uh, they cannot be aggrieved for a, a lack of election integrity. It's pretty ridiculous, guys, if you think about it. I would say it's ridiculous. I'm pretty sure you guys agree with me when we say this is ridiculous. But that is exactly what has happened here in the instance of Virginia. Now, uh, to some people out there, this might seem like a moot point, considering that uh, we just had a red wave wash over Virginia. But guys, this is not a moot or a mute point by any means, because again, we got spotlight on Judge Michael Devine. We have uh, another insight into how they play their legal lawfare long game, right? Shenanigans. That, so that's me being optimistic. Knowing is half the battle, guys. And uh, that's the way it goes when you're playing the long game. That's the way it goes with lawfare. These things take time. Uh, do we have the time? It doesn't feel like it, guys. But we're gonna keep on going and pushing on. We're gonna stay. Uh, we're gonna put. We're gonna put our heads down and buckle down, right? And uh, power through, because uh, that's the way we're gonna get her done. And that's all there is to it, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so that's a quick story from Virginia. Again, congratulations to Yunkin. <laughs> Whoops, wrong one. And uh, looks like Virginia's going the way it needs to go. Now we got to make sure that we ride Yunkin hard, guys. We got to ride Yunkin hard. You know, we got to jump on that just in case he really is a rhino. Mm -hmm. Just in case he really is a rhino. And I would say President Trump really put his neck out on the line for him. But uh, yeah, President Trump seems to be pretty good at uh, either calling him like he sees him or putting the spotlight, putting the spotlight on those who need to come out of the dark. Hey, it be me, Ange. How you doing in the chat today? She says, I wish... There had been a hundred agreed voters there and they rushed the judge and dragged him to the street and tarred and feather. Let's have a good old fashioned tar and feather in it be me Ange. That's what I say. Uh, CD4, CDP4JC. Uh, you know, if you want to, you know, bound and gag him, that's, that's fine with me. Uh, but uh, let, let's, let's not get any more descriptive with that rope. Okay. Ah. That's right. May justice be served, guys. How about that? Anytime you want to talk about some violent actions, may justice be served. I think that uh, serves the same purpose as uh, something rather violent and uh, incriminating. Aha! All right. Uh, not that you're being violent or incriminating, CDP4JC, but uh, yeah, let's keep it... Uh, Let's keep it G in here. Ah, ah. Okay, let's talk about Michigan, guys. And uh, I think this will take us to the end of the show tonight. Oh, my God, the shenanigans of Michigan. Can't stand what's going on in Michigan. You guys have got to vote for Christina Caramo for Secretary of State, guys. Over in Michigan, if you're up there, I envy you. I would so vote for her if I could. 
but let's see what's going on. Like I said, guys, um, more and more of what we're, what is coming out, for example, this entire not following the absentee ballot procedures in Virginia and thereby uh, uh, showing us another way that they're illegally voting or they're fraudulently uh, holding their elections or illegally holding their elections. We're learning all of the tricks. I hope people are taking notes because if you're not taking notes, just watch all the C reports back to March. We've been covering election fraud and election integrity since then. And uh, yeah, you know, it's all there for you guys. Uh, or you, you can also go read the independence, you know, gateway pundits been covering this since last year, guy. <laughs> gateway pundits been covering this stuff for over a year. And uh, everything that they reported on, they got from uh, the uh, they got from the uh, Trump lawyer team, right? Oh, they got all their intel from there. So really, uh, it's been about a, a whole year that this stuff has been reported on, and it's just breaking the mainstream. <laughs> it's just breaking. Well, actually, it's not breaking in the mainstream. It's breaking in the uh, in the independence, right? Like it's finally hitting. It's like that. Uh, it's like the crest of that wave is finally crashing into the shore. Um, oh, I like that CDP4JC. As we say in Texas, bless their heart. Bless their little heart. Is that a Texas thing? Or is that just a Southern thing? I don't really consider Texas Southern. But uh, anyways, well said, CDP4JC. It's all about intent. So when I say may justice be served, I mean uh, may justice be served. When I say bless their little hearts, I don't want them to drop dead of a heart attack, okay? <laughs> I want justice served. That's what I want, okay? All right. Because uh, if they die of a heart attack, that's not going to set an example to anyone. I'm not a bruja. <laughs> I'm no witch. I don't care about people dropping dead with my intention. I want justice served. I want people afraid to break the law. That's what I want. Of course, a good tarring and feather can do that too, right? <laughs> a good tarring and feathering can do that too. Um, okay, let's get on to this. Oh, wait, it be me and... <laughs> I know not me, CD. I appreciate. I appreciate that clarification, uh, CDPJ4, uh, CDP4JC. I appreciate that. I know you weren't talking about me. <laughs> and then, real quick, before we get into Michigan, <clears throat> it be me. Ange says, uh, "Did you know there are actually ways to remove judges legally? Takes a bit of paperwork, but it's possible. That's what I'm talking about." It takes a little paperwork. It takes a little bit of patience. It takes a little bit of uh, elbow grease, but it can be done. All right, guys. So let's talk a little bit about election integrity or lack thereof in Michigan. Now, um, when it comes to uh, Michigan, again, we're, we're finding brand new shenanigans, right? Brand new shenanigans. Before we get into the newest shenanigan that has taken place in the 2020 presidential election, let's talk about this story here. This story is a good example about the type of leadership or lack thereof, okay? Lack thereof um, of leadership. Uh, when we're talking about the Secretary of Snakes, Jocelyn Benson, we've talked about her before at nauseum almost. Um, and also uh, Gretchen Gretchen Whitmer, 
wretched Gretchen Whitmer, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, how about their uh, state a um, their state uh, AG Dana Nacelle? Right. I call them the weird sisters. It's really wretched Nacelle, wretched Jocelyn Benson and wretched Gretchen Whitmer. OK, they're all wretched. Right. They're all uh, they're all uh, they're all pumped out of the George Soros progressive and uh, uh, left leaning factories. Um, they're all funded by these dark money uh, associations that pump their money into uh, any of these uh, organizations like uh, what formerly was known as the Secretary of State Project turned into the National Association of Secretaries of State. All that kind of thing, you know, lack of leadership. Now, you guys might remember a story. Don't you like it when I start that way? You guys might remember a story. <laughs> You guys might remember a story about uh, about this um, uh, this uh, this 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 maintenance that uh, the Dominion voting machine people do right in the counties where they they go over and they do they do a, a wellness check, a wellness maintenance. There was another phrase for it that uh, eludes my mind at the moment uh, where they go in and they switch out the batteries. And by doing that, they erase the data from the 2020 election. Now, you guys might remember that a constitutional lawyer, Matthew DiPerno, sent out a cease and desist letter to every county clerk in every county in Michigan saying, don't do it. Don't let Dominion people come in and swap your batteries, you know, because uh, you're going to erase uh, data that needs to be retained by law, Okay. Now, not everyone listened to that. In fact, a few of the county clerks were like, well, this cease and desist letter ain't sound, it, it's, and it's not signed by a judge. So they didn't listen to him, of course. But we did have one or two county clerks that not only heeded the words of uh, Matthew DiPerno, who I might add is running for AG in Michigan. Aha, yes, indeed. He's, he's running for AG in Michigan. You better vote for him. Uh, but, um, also, also, uh, along with, uh, heeding the words of Matthew DiPerno, they refused to hand over their machines. Okay. They refused. Now, uh, one primary example of this happened in the small township of rural Michigan called Adams Township. And we see that we had a county clerk or a township clerk, I should say, a woman by the name of, um, uh, let's see, her name was Stephanie Scott. Okay. Now, Stephanie Scott was one of those clerks who uh, said, I'm not going to hand over these machines and you are not going to update them. You're not going to do a check. You're not going to remove those batteries. Okay. She refused to update her machines over her concerns that the election data from the 2020 election, again, ladies and gentlemen, that by law needs to be retained and preserved for 22 months would be compromised or erased. Uh, in fact, um, the Adams Township clerk, Stephanie Scott, explained the deadline for the public accuracy test. And that's the I guess that was the name of what uh, the Dominion folk were calling it. The deadline for the public accuracy test and potential reprogramming of the machine is in two days. It is my understanding via an email from the deputy county clerk that the machine maintenance is not due until the end of the calendar year. 
the Hillside County clerk set an arbitrary August 2021 date for the machine maintenance of which I did not participate. So my hard deadline is not about tabulator maintenance. Other townships used their machines earlier this year without the maintenance being performed. So Scott is investigating the use of a hand count. That's what she'd like to do. Let's do a hand count. But legal counsel, unfortunately for her, was inconclusive at the time about her presentation to the township board. So she went to the board. She showed them their findings. She expressed her concerns. Would rather have done a hand count to see if uh, perhaps the uh, ballots from her township matched up with what the ballots in the tabulator said, right? She was going to do her own little forensic thing there. And if everything was okay, maybe she would have uh, gone along with it. Maybe not, because after all, she was aware that it could erase the data. Okay. So uh, this past uh, Monday, it seems, uh, Miss Scott received a letter from the Secretary of Snake's office that relieved her of her duties, ladies and gentlemen, two days before the deadline to comply with their demands, including updating her tabulators to accommodate a 5G connection. Oh, wait, but I thought they're not connected to the internet. The Adam Township clerk would like to know why these modems are plugged in all day during the election if the purpose is only to transmit results after the polls are closed. Good question, right, Township Clerk Scott. Now, uh, here's that letter. We'll take a brief look at it just to see what kind of shenanigans they were doing to this poor lady, this uh, brave patriot, I might say also, who said, nah, you are not going to look at my machines. You're not going to pull any shenanigans in my township. It says, Dear Clerk Scott, as of this day, you have not responded sufficiently to my previous letter directing you to confirm by October 22nd, 2021, that you would fulfill your legal responsibilities and comply with instructions from the Bureau of Elections. I previously directed you in a letter dated October 15th, 2021, attached for your reference, to confirm that you would do the following. Permit Heart InterCivic whom I discovered we used here in Texas, <laughs> whom I might add is tied to Romney, Pelosi, and Dominion, <laughs> Heart InterCivic to perform preventative maintenance on your voting equipment, conduct public accuracy testing and sign requirement certificates, conduct all future elections in Adam Township using certified Heart InterCivic Incorporated voting equipment, until such time as Hillsdale County Clerk chooses a different certified voting system vendor. On accept October 17, 2021, you responded by email stating that public accuracy testing had been scheduled for October 27, 2021. However, in response to a follow-up email, you did not confirm that you would sign certificates confirming public accuracy testing had been completed, which you as township clerk are required to do. You also did not respond to either of the other two matters raised in the directive. Okay, so uh, basically they fire her, all right? They relieve her of her duties. Relieve her of her duties. Ah, uh, that seems like there might be, oh, yeah. Here is the part where they fire her. 
you are directed to provide immediate access to all election equipment and records, including tabulators, voter assist terminals, absent voter ballot applications and ballot envelopes, and polling place materials to the Hillside County Clerk or her designee at a time and place specified by the county clerk or her designee. Your access to the qualified voter file will be suspended until further notice. Adams Township will be billed for all costs incurred by Hillsdale County and the state of Michigan, including staff time for administering elections in Adams Township. This directive remains in effect until further notice. Be advised that willfully failing to comply with a lawful order from the Secretary of State is a misdemeanor. All right. Secretary of State Benson, ladies and gentlemen, the classic snake in the grass, okay? Now, in their threatening letter, the Adams Township clerk is directed to provide immediate access, just as we saw. Now, she also received another letter. Um, and, uh, in, well, she and others actually in a letter to fellow clerks in her district, uh, came from Hillside County. Now keep in mind, she's in a township, which is within a county, kind of like a city or a municipality or whatever. So Hillsdale County chief deputy clerk, Abe Dane actually sent a letter to her and other clerks that mocked her, that mocked Stephanie Scott for requesting a hand count until her issues with Secretary of State Benson are resolved. The deputy county clerk took it a step further and warned her fellow clerks to not allow Stephanie to borrow any of their tabulators for her upcoming elections and to report back to him if she asks. Uh, now, he said in this letter, this uh, Dane, Abe Dane, said, uh, Adams Township is the only precinct open in Hillsdale County for November 2nd. And they are the only precinct that has refused to have their election equipment maintained per the contract between State of Michigan and Hart InterCivic. They are now refusing to use their precinct's equipment for the November 2nd election and are pursuing a hand count, which is illegal under Michigan's election law. At their board meeting on October 11th, um, Stephanie Clark tried to get her board to vote in favor of using a hand count instead of the machines, there were members of the board and the public that were concerned her actions would invalidate the election and hurt the school. Makes no sense, right? So she did not get the support she was hoping for. She stated that she would be still still be pursuing her own agenda on this. Um, so she did not get uh, on this and has been working with an unknown attorney as their township attorney has already told her what she intends to do is illegal. I wonder if she's working with Matthew DiPerno on this one. Just curious. Could be. Could be. Um, I tell you this because she has mentioned the possibility of getting a hold of another precinct's equipment to use instead of her own if she's forced to because she wants to maintain the integrity of her own machine and hopes that she will be able to find something fraudulent if forensic audit might eventually happen. If Stephanie Scott contacts you, any of you asking to use your tabulator or touch writer for the November 2nd election, that's today, please alert our office immediately and use the information above to decide whether you want to assist her or not. Oh, so he's giving them an option. Just know that we recommend politely declining her request. Okay. 
Now, uh, less than 24 hours after she received the letter from the SOS, again, uh, the Adams Township Treasurer, the Hillsdale County Clerk, and the Deputy Clerk gained access to Stephanie Scott's office while she was meeting with legal counsel. They have now confiscated her heart tabulator and election-related documents. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the way that the office of the Secretary of Snakes, Jocelyn Benson, and her goons, the Wretched Three, work. Is that not insane, y'all? We saw this happened in Jenna Griswold's Colorado, right? We saw this happen over there, too. Election clerk tries to stand up for what's right, stand against treason, and uh, her office gets raided. Yeah, there's two of them right there, guys. That is Jocelyn Benson, and that is the uh, Attorney General, Dana Nassell, two of the wretched three, okay? Now, here's the ticker. This woman gets relieved of her duties and has her office raided because she refuses to update the tabulators knowing that it will quite possibly erase election data for 2020. And she is summarily dismissed. Okay. And then most recently we have here with uh, Jocelyn Benson and Dana Nassell, uh, this, was a, this was a case uh, that came up last week where they actually prosecuted election fraud in Michigan, right? They prosecuted uh, was it, uh, two, two, two people, I think, who had uh, signed their dead mother's, uh, you know, uh, um, a ballot, had voted in her name, and uh, one other such instance. And Jocelyn Benson and Dana Nassell get up there, and they're like, oh, yeah, you see, we're all about election integrity in Michigan. Look at us. Oh, yeah. You know, like, they're like, oh, man, like, you know, we're, we, we're on it, guys. And, you know, we're on it, okay? There is election integrity in Michigan because we prosecuted one case and all of the fraud that has been found since 2020 in Michigan and all of the shenanigans and everything that people know went down. Think about Detroit, guys. Pizza, pizza boards blocking the uh, vote counting centers, right? Conservative poll watchers being kicked out, ballots being dumped at night. That's not even, that's, that's just, that's the obvious stuff, guys. You, sh you guys should go back and see what uh, Matthew DiPerno found out in Antrim County. Okay, so they are, they, they are so high on their own fumes, guys. You know, the fumes that they reek of. That they think that they could pull this wool over the eyes of the people. Let's take a look at, um, let's take a, look at a case that they did not relieve someone of their duties, right? Some of you guys might remember this case. Ah, who's that? That is Shurikaya Hawkins, ladies and gentlemen. Shurikaya Hawkins, guys, 100% fed up, reported this back in 2019, guys. That And yes, Jocelyn Benson and Dana Nassell were in office at this time. Now, this was in September of 2019. In fact, I think the last time we talked about Michigan, we mentioned this story. Sherkiah Williams, or Williams, Hawkins, a Southfield City clerk, Democrat, was charged with six election law felonies 
that were related to the 2016 election. Now, four of those six felony charges against her were dropped before the case went to trial. Okay. But um, after the charges were announced, uh, Michigan's dishonest Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson told the media, Today, let's, let's bring her back onto the screen. Oh, there we go. Yeah, there we go. Jocelyn Benson and Dana Nassel celebrating another victory for election integrity says today upon learning that the Southfield city clerk was formally charged with multiple crimes under Michigan election law. I exercised my authority under Michigan law to exert supervisory control over local election officials and directed the clerk to refrain from administering any election while there are charges pending against her. Our elections are the foundation of our democracy. Okay. And under my and Attorney General Nacelle's administration, there will be no tolerance for any actions that determine undermine that foundation anywhere, anytime, by any person or official. So you see, this is uh, kind of the tone she takes whenever she's busting heads, right? Right, Benson? Is that a fact, Benson? Is that a fact? Error? Why am I getting an error? What is going on here? Aha! Hey, come on now. Oh, they don't want me to show this photo. Okay. Well, I had a I had a very good photo of Shurikaya Williams to share with you guys. Ah, we're gonna we're gonna pull it up anyways. Here we do. Let's go a little bit of a dig. Shurikaya Hawkins. I keep calling her Williams. What is up with that? I'm not racist. Okay, let's use this one. Come on, Shurikaya. Come on down. Do 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 do. Shurikaya Williams. Come on down. Oh, error. Oh, yeah, they really don't want... Okay, here, we'll do this. Ha! That usually works. Ah, come on down, Sherkaya Hawkins. You're next on the uh, Price is Ripe. <laughs> the Price is Ripe for Justice Being Served. Woo! There's Sherkaya. Yeah, Sherkaya Williams. Okay, for those of you watching over on the podcast side of the show and you can't see what I'm doing... I'm just pulling up images of Sherkaya Williams. Okay, in case you're wondering what's going on over here. My ears cannot see what you're doing, okay? So, uh, like I said, Jocelyn Benson always talks the talk, right? She never walks the walk. Because uh, Sherkaya uh, Williams did not get dismissed from her duties, okay? Did not, okay? In fact... As of today, Sherkaya Williams is still working as that clerk. She is still the active city clerk and is currently running for re-election, ladies and gentlemen. But yet you have one uh, county clerk or township clerk, Stephanie Scott, who's trying to uh, uphold election integrity. Really, it's just about compliance here, guys. I mean, Jocelyn Benson may as well have been saying you should wear a mask. It's all about compliance. You need to listen to what I say no matter what. I am the law. I don't understand what's up with these people. It's like everyone is a narcissist these days. But uh, yeah, Sheriff Kaya Williams still in office running for re-election. According to Oakland County GOP Chair Rocky Rajowski, if Hawkins wins, which he believes she will, despite the two remaining felony voter fraud charges, 
she could potentially get a plea deal and still collect full benefits from the majority Democrat city. This is definitely a mishandling of justice, a miscarriage of justice. May justice be served against Cher Kyle Williams and these two goons, Jocelyn Benson and Dana Nassell. I spared you guys and didn't show you the picture of uh, wretched Gretchen Whitmer. There's some pretty good pictures of the three witches together, but uh, that's not the point of today's episode. So Cher Kaya Williams gets to walk, will probably get full benefits from the Democrat Party, and uh, Stephanie Scott gets removed, gets removed, because she did not commit election fraud, ladies and gentlemen. But Cher Kaya Williams did, and she gets to live another day. All right, guys, that takes us to the last story for tonight in regards to Michigan. Douche. Let's go ahead and get that little big there on the screen for you. Whoa. Michigan Citizens for Election. Sorry, guys. There's like a gnat or something. I'm all, yep. I can catch them with chopsticks. No, just kidding. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about this. Is our last story for tonight, guys, before we uh, wrap it up here. Michigan Citizens for Election Integrity. Now, what's that all about? Now, this next story is going to cover some brand new election fraud methods that they use. Uh, they come in all shapes and sizes, guys. They come in all shapes and sizes. And this one is a brand new one. This one's a rather obvious one, um, but apparently not so obvious because we just found out about it a few days ago. Okay. Now, there's a new report that shows that in Detroit... They used defective ballot boxes in the 2020 presidential election or the general election, despite the fact that there were warning stickers pasted all over them that said not approved for use as a ballot container. And basically, you could just shove papers into them through the back of the ballot box. Ladies and gentlemen, oh my days. <laughs> Can you believe this stuff, guys? Can't make it up. Can't make it up. Now, this one is one that just got dug up, guys. This one did not make it to the Antrim County courtroom with Matthew DiPerno, uh, nor did it make it onto the Maricopa County um, audit report. But apparently in Detroit, Michigan, this happened, okay? Now, uh, the Michigan Citizens for Election Integrity has made incredible discoveries that sh uh, should cause every American to pause and question the outcome of Michigan's elections. And in fact, everything that I've seen in Michigan makes me pause and question the elections of Michigan, uh, let alone everything that happened on uh, November 3, right? 2020. Uh, now, again, Detroit used defective ballot boxes last November. The Detroit Department of Elections, under the authority of city clerk Janice Winfrey, allegedly used defective ballot boxes. This was reported to both legal counsels at the Wayne County Board of Canvassers and the Senate Oversight Committee, which recommended an investigation by the Secretary of State and the Attorney General, Jocelyn Benson and Dana Nassell two of the wretched sisters, um, but nothing has happened, apparently. And uh, again, uh, they're all about uh, election integrity, but uh, they don't seem to walk the talk. 
They don't seem to walk the talk. Now, an example of these ballot boxes, uh, as you can see here, boosh. Let me go ahead and expand that just a little bit for you guys. Uh, you got your sticker right here. Not approved for use as a ballot container. <laughs> Not approved for use as a ballot container, okay? And they went ahead and used them anyways, okay? They went ahead and used them. Now, uh, the following excerpt is from the soon-to-be-released report by Michigan Citizens for Election Integrity entitled TCF Timeline, the 2020 General Election. And uh, it says here, both Wayne County Board of Canvassers Chair Monica Palmer and her fellow GOP canvasser Bill Hartman had been to the Detroit Department of Elections in January before the elections to examine and approve 50 new ballot boxes, which are metal transfer cases in which ballots are stored from the election through the canvas. While there, Hartman noticed the back end of one of the boxes caved in and he pressed against it. The, spots welds, uh, the spot welds attaching the back end of back beam to the frame had failed. Okay. Um, and uh, let's see here. Uh, Palmer said to the committee, Senate committee, where the seams are, you could shove papers right through the back of them. So uh, he says here, the spot welds attaching the back end or back beam to the frame had failed. So I'm guessing uh, that would be this part right here, guys. Whoopsie. Right here. Failed. Failed. You could shove papers right in. Look at that. Okay. Now, um, did you guys see that good? I hope so. Okay. So uh, you could shove papers right in, he says. Uh, soon the canvassers were going from box to box, reaching inside and giving a good slap on the back end from the inside out, Hartman recalled dozens of boxes failed this simple test. None of the boxes had any markings on them. No company name or any indication of what company manufactured them, Bill Hartman, member of the GOP Wayne County Board of Canvassers, said. He found it peculiar that none of the boxes had any markings on them. Okay. He then examined the cardboard boxes they arrived in. Again, there was no indication of a manufacturer or, or even any printed wording. Since the boxes were defective and the chain of custody could easily be compromised by someone slipping ballots through the gaps at the back, the canvassers ordered them to be repaired or replaced, uh, followed by a second attempt at certification. They recommended not using the same company due to its abysmal failure rate. The boxes were defective and the chain of custody could easily be compromised by someone slipping ballots through the back gap. So when Palmer and Hartman arrived at the counting board floor on election day, they were appalled to find boxes to which they themselves had affixed and signed stickers in January. Warning, not approved for use as a ballot container. So they, uh, they, they went and checked these things out. They stuck do not use on them and they still ended up using them. Now, is this gross negligence? Is this, uh, is this haughty arrogance? 
what would why why like they think nobody cares no one's paying attention you know uh did they slip them some communist money and hope that they wouldn't say anything i don't understand uh it makes no sense guys it makes no sense but uh i guess if you're considering that uh you're putting together the biggest and most diverse group of canvas fraudsters you know the thing that uh illegitimate joke biden said it makes perfect sense guys I'm thinking RICO at this point, guys. We're seeing an organized, massive fraud across all 50 states. It's coming out. Trickle, trickle. It's coming out, guys. And, and the methods that they're using across all states are very similar. Now, this is a new one that we haven't heard about yet. But um, as uh, CJM61 says, this should be front page news. Well... If you haven't heard it yet, you heard it here first. 100% uh, fed up broke this story, and perhaps we'll hear about it in about three or four months in the news cycle, hitting it big time. But this is some crazy stuff, guys. Some crazy stuff. So, again, we have Palmer and Hartman appalled that they see the same boxes in the counting boards and uh, counting room floors on election day, okay? And uh, Palmer testified to Senator Ed McBroom. Don't forget, guys, Senator Ed McBroom signed the report that said no election fraud was found in Michigan. He is a rhino Republican, as they all are, apparently, as they all are in Michigan. And I thought some of them were good up there, okay? But several of them, including McBroom, signed the Senate committee report on election fraud investigation and said no evidence of election fraud was found. And yet Hartman and Palmer testified to him about these findings. Okay. What kind of an investigation did Ed McBroom do guys that he couldn't even uh, find any kind of election fraud when you have something this appalling happening. Now Ed McBroom said, I did observe. Oh, wait, wait. Palmer testified to Ed McBroom, I did observe several counting boards that were using the unapproved containers. And uh, she emailed the canvassing board's legal counsel. Under Michigan law, a clerk using an unapproved container could be charged with a misdemeanor. Okay. She then asked the senators, how are these processes happening, especially when we had the Secretary of State send oversight in there to help improve things? Let me tell you how. Because Jocelyn Benson is a Soros-funded hack who went in there with the intent of defrauding Michiganders and committing treason against our country. Intent, guys. Now, <laughs> it's one thing if there's mismanagement. It's one thing if there's a mishandling. It's one thing if there's an accident, right? But when everything starts stacking up in one direction, one has to wonder if this was not an intentionally committed act and uh, may justice be served, ladies and gentlemen. May justice be served, is what I'm thinking right now. That's what's on my mind right now, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so, again, you have that. They had a, a close shot. Not approved. You know, not approved. And uh, that's, that's basically long and short of it. Now, uh, the rest of the article goes on to explain um, step by step about uh, how the uh, counting procedure happens uh, the, on the what they call the counting boards. But if you have a uh, a broken and uh, 
obviously, um, obviously, uh, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, an obviously, uh, not defunct, uh, but a, uh, uh broken <laughs> ballot box. Sorry. My adjectives are eluding me right now. Uh, you can't be using them. Okay. You cannot use them. And yet they did. And yet they did guys. The tabulation of ballots was done away from the counting boards. Uh, there's a lot of broken chain of custody, guys. As soon as this, uh, as soon as this report drops, we'll uh, we'll dig into the rest of it, because apparently there's more guys uh, that happened here. Uh, we're also talking about chain of custody processes, aside from having these broken counting, uh, these broken ballot containers uh, that you could easily stuff other ballots into from behind. The transfer cases, again, is what they're called. But under Michigan law, it means that there can be no hand recount of the ballots in the transfer cases if the number of ballots in the case does not equal the number listed on the tabulator tape, then the number of the tabulator tape stands. And that's interesting because during the Antrim County um, investigation, uh, they found that to be the case all across the board. Ballots were not matching the tabulator tapes, and yet uh, tabulator tapes were found to have been reset and restarted and you know, on a day-to-day -day thing. A lot of stuff, guys. A lot of stuff is compounding. And that's why I say we can decertify Michigan today. We can decertify Georgia today. I don't see why there's any problem with that. I don't see why anyone would have an issue with decertification, guys. Uh, we can always do a forensic audit after we decertify. But fact of the matter is, right now as it stands, the amount of election fraud that has occurred in states like Georgia and in Michigan and in Wisconsin, and we haven't even touched Wisconsin yet, guys, and we haven't even touched Pennsylvania. We are at the end of our show for today. But uh, guess what, ladies and gentlemen, to be continued. We'll probably jump into Wisconsin and into Pennsylvania and into Georgia tomorrow. We got some more stuff on these guys. We're just going to keep stacking up the election fraud here at the Sea Report like we do. We're going to keep shining the light on all of the methods that these people use in order to defraud and to disenfranchise and to uh, commit treason against America. All the methods that they use to commit treason against America. Defective. Thank you, Blue Reds at Blue Reds. <laughs> I could not find that word for the life of me. Could not find that word for the life of me. Oh, yes. Narco Hampon TV, hola, mi amigo, says, charge them with treason. That's what I would do. It's, it's, it's unfortunate that it is so complicated, isn't it, my friends? That this long game is so long and drawn out. But, uh, well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That is uh, our election integrity show for tonight. Um, we'll see what we get into tomorrow. I'm thinking, I'm thinking we can get into uh, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Georgia tomorrow so we can wrap up election integrity so we can move on with more news. We, there's so much going on right now that I haven't shared with you guys. Um, and, you know, I appreciate everyone who comes and checks out the show. I appreciate everyone who returns and most definitely appreciate those who spread the word. If you like what I'm doing here at the Sea Report and at Mr. CTV, please let your friends know. Please let your family, please let your fellow patriots know. You can check us out here at the Sea Report Monday through Friday live at 7 p.m. Central Time, Texas time. Otherwise, you're more than welcome to catch the replays. Make sure you check us out at thecereport.com. Okay, for more information, you can also get in touch with me there. I run the website myself. 
Uh, and uh, check out our podcast at anchor.fm slash the C report. Now, if you go to anchor.fm slash the C report, uh, you can find about nine of the other podcast platforms that we are distributed on. Now, basically, I will go in and upload tonight's episode into our podcast. Uh, and it's shared on, I don't know, probably like 15 or 18 different podcast platforms. But uh, find us on your favorite one. Subscribe to us for free. That way, if you miss an episode, you can uh, most definitely catch it in the earbuds as opposed to, uh, you know, through the uh, three the three senses that we have to use to live stream with. I see one, two, three, SKG saying, Mr. C, check on that snake, Lindsey Graham. Oh, girl, I know. That's what I'm talking about. Like, there is some other stuff going on out there. And I know about uh, Lindsey Graham wanting uh, the Capitol Police to shoot Americans. Like I said, guys, like I said, Capitol Day false flag riot up there in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. Justice for Juicy, January 6th. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us tonight here at the Sea Report. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. We'll be back tomorrow for sure. Will we have a pop-up in the afternoon? I'm not surprised. I'm not sure that we will uh, have some family matters going on daytime, but we'll definitely be here in the evening. That is at uh, 7.30 p.m. Texas time, um, as we are always. Don't forget, we also have other shows. Uh, we have Lone Star News, uh, where we uh, talk about Texas-focused news and current events. Uh, we have Mr. C in the Dark, which is our um, nightly uh, is our weekend midnight talk show and uh, guest show, um, where we get, you know we get casual and we talk and we have guests and stuff like that. And the brand new The C Report Live Digs episode one has already hit the newsstand that is all about the secretary of snakes we'll be doing a secretary of snakes part two and i have ideas for another live dig as well after that uh thing about it is guys i gotta get through this news uh because as is always pertinent to myself we gotta archive it and share the word and give our spin on the perspective well i shouldn't say spin that's another word like program right uh, share our truth of the matter on the perspective. But anyways, y'all, thank you all for joining us. If you're live with us over at Twitch, Clout Hub, Trovo, or DLive, appreciate you hanging out. And as always, my love and heart to the Pilled.net and the Foxhole.app family and community. If you don't have a free account over at that free speech First Amendment platform, platforms, I'd say go make one today. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, y'all have a great night. We will see you again tomorrow. Until then, as always, be safe, be blessed, and God bless America. Have a good night, everybody. Mm-hmm.